Hello, I'm Dave Watts, and this is the Redundancy Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to share the challenges of finding and keeping a job as an older worker. This podcast is part two of One More Thing. Over the last three years, I've been joined by some wonderful guests from across the world. Academics, CEOs of organisations that support mature workers, expert career counsellors, those who have been directly affected by redundancy, and those who've started their own businesses. And I've asked many of them at the end of our conversation, do they have one piece of overarching advice for older job seekers? I've taken their advice and arranged it in the order of finding a job, from the time your role has been made redundant or you've been laid off, to successfully finding a new purpose in life. In this podcast, I cover advice from creating a resume or CV, looking for a job, to considering alternatives to conventional full-time employment. We'll start with resumes. The purpose of a resume is, of course, to get you to an interview. I spoke to Matt Wazell, a professional resume writer, career coach, and outplacement expert in Podcast 43. We talked about the four different types of resumes and how you'd identify which one to use when applying for a job. What advice would you give an older worker completing a resume, I asked. Is there anything they should or should not be doing? I would say accomplishments over tasks, and this is kind of, uh, everyone will tell you this, but if you keep it bottom line driven, pragmatic and concise. Those are my biggest three. If you're being logical, quick to the point, and it's and it's showing that you add value to the hiring manager, that will make you stick out more than any candidate if they are, let's say, maybe let's say more viable of a candidate, quote unquote, with the title, but maybe that candidate didn't take the time to really have a good resume to show more impacts to the bottom line. Yours will speak more volume if you can make that mentality of, hey, the hiring manager has pain points. I'm going to alleviate them. They got this open requisition. Why? I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to tell them why. I'm going to be the one that resolves things to keep workflow going. So if the hiring managers, if they're looking at your resume and they're not crinkling their foreheads when they're reading your resume, you're halfway there. (laughs) Now it's just a matter of if you fit. Chris Weaver, Podcast 27, is the founder and CEO of Let's Eat, Grandma, a professional writing service for resumes, cover letters, and LinkedIn profiles. I asked Chris what advice he'd give to someone peering at their current resume and wondering why it isn't leading to interviews. It could be a lot of things. I don't want to give a piece of advice here and expect it to, to work for everyone. But, you know, I'll go back to what you and I had our conversation in, in, in the Career Warrior podcast in, in our 51st episode. But you talk about the concept of curiosity and the concept of doing your research and investigating and asking a bunch of questions, I would say the same exact thing. Find out what may be holding you back in your job search, which it can be a lot of things. It can be your online presence. It can be this whole applicant tracking system thing. It could be the fact that you haven't applied to enough jobs and you are just selling yourself short by by giving up too easily. So it can be a bunch of things. So I would go back to what you said about just genuinely being curious and persisting through it all and, and, and really not giving up. Easier said than done, but you, yes. you got to do it. <laughs> you might be considering using a recruitment agency to help you find a position. Ben Pearson, general manager of Beyond Recruitment's Wellington business in New Zealand, talked about developing a tightly focused CV on what should go in and, importantly, what shouldn't. 
Yeah, look, I think if you approach a recruitment agency and you think of it that the goal in the exercise is to get a job interview, it's actually a subtle, a subtly different way to approach the task at hand. The best way to get that job interview, which is what was what you're hoping for, because once you are in that interview, you're on your own and, and the recruiter will give you the advice and the coaching beforehand. But once you're there, you're on your own. So Think of it as, right, my goal here is to get the job interview. And the best way to do that is with a really tight, curiosity-arousing CV. Invest time in that CV. It's time well spent. But only go back about 10 years. The work history prior to 10 years becomes a bit irrelevant. And unfortunately, it's true. Ageism does exist in some areas, and it's very, very unfounded. And what we're actually seeing is generational diversity is actually a growing area of interest and desire from many organizations. So I think that problem is dissipating as time goes on, certainly certainly in New Zealand. But look, you've got to play it safe. You want to get that interview. So don't include things like birth dates, the dates of your education or other indicators of age. And look, I'd give the same advice to, to, to young job seekers as well. In fact, I give the same advice to all job seekers. So that's just not age-specific advice. There may be prejudices that exist, but that could be age, gender, race, anything. So you want to be showcasing your skills and your ability to do the job. Those other things that I mentioned are irrelevant if you think of it that way. Like I say, you want, to, you want the receiver to focus on the merits of the skills, your experience, and your style. I've also talked to those directly affected by redundancy. Ian Adams, a very experienced senior marketer, talked about the successful strategy he'd used in his early 60s to find a new role during Podcast 21. And in the different circumstances we currently live in, Ian had to use the same strategy again, successfully, just 12 months later. I think you've just got to be prepared for the long game. Don't rely on one approach. Use networking, use headhunters, use the aggregators and all those sites. Give it all you've got across all fronts. Best of all, get a plan together. I'm a big structure. You can probably tell. <laughs> probably tell. I like a bit of structure. And I think yeah, yeah. a plan, it, it, does, it does help emotionally. It does help you keep sane and rational when all's falling apart around you. That would be my advice to people. Try and take back control of the situation. And don't take it personally. It's very easy to take this constant rebuttal that you're a failure in some way. But actually, as my old sales manager used to say in my first job, it's not you, it's your offer. It's not right. Part of that offer is you may be too experienced, actually. They may feel that age is a disadvantage because you may not understand the technology. You may not have empathy with the target audience or whatever it might be. You shouldn't take it personally and just keep your head down and go for it. Catherine Brown, Podcast 39, also found herself unable to find work in her early 50s, and we talked about her website, The 5050 Project. The 5050 Project has a single fascinating theme, how to increase the odds of finding fulfilling work at 50-ish, one coffee at a time. The idea of the project is that the biggest changes in your life only happen as a result of people that you meet and conversations you have. Catherine at Wise. Look for opportunities to expand your network and get involved. So start with what you're interested in. I'm very interested in startups. So I joined an angel network that supports female-founded tech startups. And that's been amazing in terms of the people that I've met and also the exposure to new ideas and new businesses. I'd go to talks and events. 
I look at Eventbrite each month and I'm just amazed at how much is on offer. And now all of those events are online. Volunteering is another great way to both build and expand your existing skills while meeting new people. And it's gonna sound a little trite, but I say, don't forget about self-care. Do things that keep you mentally, emotionally, and physically fit is really important. We'll come back to Catherine shortly. Now there comes a time in your working life when you start to consider the transition from full-time employment to something else and deciding what that something else might be. Larry Stewart is a life transition coach and in podcast 54, he spoke passionately about the possibilities of transitioning into something new as you reach the end of your career. Well, I would say be optimistic and think big about what you can possibly achieve. Realize that uh, whatever business or job description you dream up, chances are there is someone out there already doing that. Find them, learn from them, and, and let their experience serve as a role model for creating what you want for yourself. In podcast 45, Wendy Mayhew, Canada's leading expert on senior entrepreneurship, talked about her excellent new book, Wiser, The Definitive Guide to Starting a Business After the Age of 50. But for some... Senior entrepreneurship sounds risky. Should you try it? I asked Wendy. I always say, to answer your question, I always say, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. But if you don't, at least explore it and decide to try it, you'll never know whether you could have succeeded or not. Someone who did try it is Paul Tasner. Paul is the Chief Executive Officer and co-founder of Pulp Works, designers and manufacturers of sustainable packaging for the consumer products industry. I asked Paul about starting your own business. And the results are, are I mean, if you've got something special, it'll, it'll really reap rewards. And having said that, you should believe you have something special or you have no business doing this. You should believe you have something special. I mean, that, that's what this is about. I mean, that's where your passion should come from. How, how special you think this new venture of yours is. I mean, even if you're the only one who believes it, but that, that's really an important feature. Let's return to Catherine Brown. After all her conversations with successful senior entrepreneurs, she decided to start her own business, AscenderCreative.com. I asked Catherine for her advice for anyone setting up their own business. I think there's two bits when you start your own business. I think one of the biggest mistakes many small businesses make, and I definitely did this in my last business, is that you spend too much time working in the business and not enough time working on the business. And the working in is doing busy work, things that don't really drive the business forward. So it's always thinking about how do I work on the business, developing marketing plans and thinking about ways to better position the business for growth. And the other thing I would say is that you need to hold yourself accountable, which is really hard because there's nobody above you saying, you know, I need this now. But without accountability, it's hard to achieve the results that you want. Best way that I found to do it is actually just to make a business plan. And even if it's just one page, put some stakes in the ground in terms of things that you can measure and keep referring back to that plan, checking on your progress, adjusting your course. It's easier said than done, but it's really important. Finally, I spoke to Joanne Tombrokas. 
Joanne is a digital-first marketing strategist, personal branding expert, and an assistant professor at New York University, where she teaches digital marketing and social media branding. We talked about the need for personal branding because, as Joanne said, if you don't do it, Google will. Where do you start, I asked. Start with getting your story straight. Start with saying, okay, who am I right now? And take some time to do it. Again, that's a hawk my book right now, but that's one of the reasons that I created that workbook because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. In fact, I went through it recently again myself and I'm like, oh gosh, who came up with these questions? It's like, oh, that was you. Because you... (laughs) Once you're, you know, like like any great brand, once you're clear on who you are right and, and where you are right then and there in, in, in terms of your career. And that's going to be different for everybody. Um, certainly in terms of this podcast, you're gonna have a lot of older workers. So, you know, where are you now? And how has what happened in the past going to help to your building on your brand now? You're not throwing all that in the trash can, but but you need to take a look at that. So, okay, well, where am I now? And can I say it in a sentence? I don't like to use the word elevator pitch, but because who talks to anyone in an elevator anymore? Everyone's got their heads down in their phones and, and they've got math and they've had mass on exactly. But there, the, the part of that that I think is important that is that we can say it in a sentence that means something. I'm going to leave the final words to Cindy Sivarus, Podcast 57, because it's such a positive statement about the worth of older workers. And this is a statement made by the Australian Age Discrimination Commissioner. Hunter Leonard, who who runs an organisation who uh, advocates for older people in the workforce, and he was one of my podcast guests. He interviewed our Age Discrimination Commissioner about, about ageism. And one of the things that she said was, think about your mindset. And she said that some older people, older, older people and older workers, say that we feel invisible. She said, just challenge that notion wherever you can. Get out, get loud. We don't need to be invisible. We've got so much knowledge and experience to give to the world. Don't stay quiet about that. Get out, get loud, don't stay quiet. Aren't they great sentiments? Thank you for listening the whole way through. If you like the podcast, please click on the subscribe button and listen to the advice from all my guests. I'll be back in a while and my contact details follow next. You can make contact with me via my website, theredundancypodcast.com, which has a synopsis of this and all the podcast main points by emailing me at theredundancypodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter with the hashtag at redundancypcast. <laughs>